podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast, the last podcast before Christmas, hence the jingly intro. Um, Palace have drawn one all at Swansea's Day and I'm on the train back to London uh, from the Liberty Stadium with an unchanged lineup from last week's pod. It's Adam Sells back on the pod. Can't change a winning team. <laughs> and of course, Rob Rollo from the Corridor and Advertiser. Hello. How are you guys? Well, it's uh, no such thing as a bad point away in the Premier League, so I suppose I'm okay. Good. Uh, we are uh, stood in the corridor of the train. People are going to be coming through. There are going to be train announcements, so just to let you know. But this is the glamour of reporting on podcasts from games. This is what happens. Well, I've recognised the glamorous part now after you are being asked for photographs on the platform at the train station. So I'm clearly in great company. Always Esteemed nice. company, in always fact. Nice to meet, always nice to meet fans. Oh, dear. What have you done there? I don't know. Um, right. Well, shall, shall we talk about Palace's, uh, well, one or draw? Eight games unbeaten now, Rob. Uh, Palace took the lead through a Luca penalty. Thank God Benteke wasn't on the pitch um, to take that. And uh, then uh, Jordan or Andre, which one was it? Jordan. Jordan, are you equaliser of the good shot? Andre was scoring for West Ham today. Oh, uh, right. Oh, yeah, because they both scored on the same day. They did. Third time ever or something? Both scored against Palace as well, aren't they? Of course they have. Everyone Absolute scored. belters. Everyone all, yeah. scored against Palace. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that a point gained or two points dropped today, Rob? I think it really is two points dropped, but I think every point on the road, as Adam said, you've got to you've got to respect that and take it. Um, it, it wasn't the best performance from Palace today. Swansea, I think, were a little bit boosted by the uh, the, the managerial change and a little bit more of a feel good factor, I suppose, with Leon Britton in charge on caretaker charge today. I think that was always like to have a, some sort of effect for them. And uh, yeah, I think Palace dealt with it all right. You know, the, the first half they. It wasn't anything spectacular, but they had the better chances. Swansea had a lot of the ball, but didn't really do much with it. Second half, I think, obviously, they, they got in front through the penalty. I think they'll be disappointed not to hold on in the end. But, as we said, a point on the road, it keeps the, maintains the gap between the two sides. It's not a bad result. wasn't a brilliant performance, though, from Pad. I mean, it was OK, but it was quite a boring game, Adam, wasn't it? No, I thought we always had a sort of another gear to go up that we didn't quite make. Um, I have to say, you know, I was slightly fearful... You know, we've been on a good run. You know, they're bottom of the league. You know, they've changed the manager this week, which was uh, obviously a big sort of, uh, uh, what would you say, a, a sort of big, big call, really, with uh, Paul Clement. You know, I think perhaps... It was coming, though, wasn't it? Yes, but I was hoping perhaps he'd be in charge today because, you know, putting Liam Britton in charge is uh, probably the equivalent of making Julian Speroni the manager <laughs> yeah, for a couple yeah. of games, you know. He's going to have the goodwill of every single fan in the stadium and everybody. And that can sometimes change the dynamic. But, um, 
you know, I thought we didn't really look in too much trouble for an hour. Didn't really look like conceding a goal. Can't remember Jules making a save, really. But um, I thought we were a little bit wasteful in possession and not so much chances, but situations, really, where we had good breaks and good possession and didn't maximise the opportunity. And, you know, it sort of caught up with us in the end because the last half an hour after you came on, you know, we, we sort of looked a little bit more nervous and uh, he was starting to cause us a few problems and where we were very comfortable and confident up to that point, he's starting to pick up the ball and buzz around the box and uh, drills an absolute belter in, doesn't he? I've just realised he said when you came on. I thought he said when you came on. I, no, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember coming on no. today. Long way from Rightleaf Reserves to Premier League, James. <laughs> that was a long journey. Played alongside Phil Barber, as I keep Yes, I know. Oh, we haven't heard that before. <laughs> Maybe that's why people are asking you for pictures on the platform. Because <laughs> I played at Phil yeah. Barber. Speaking of Jules, though, he did make that one save in the second half from Abraham at 1-0. Yes. He, he keeps making... It had happened against Leicester as well. He does have the saves at important times uh, obviously we still conceded but he, he, he does pull them out at important times uh, that's that's his real value as a goalkeeper I think he doesn't sort of let you down he doesn't often make daft mistakes I mean obviously goalkeepers all make mistakes but he's A very reliable and B will make the uh, the big saves when you need him to he's not the biggest kicker off the floor he's not the biggest cross taker in the league but you know as an all round package he's really reliable and we have to say you know, he's played a big part in the resurgence this year. You know, when he came into the team from the Chelsea game, things have improved and uh, we've sort of really gone in a positive direction. And, you know, I'm as I'm sitting here tonight, I'm thinking that uh, before this sort of run of eight games, I had sort of had in my mind that I thought we could get to 19 points from 19 games and that's where I expected to be or hoped we would be. And we're just sort of one short and looked like we were going to exceed it by one at one point in the second half. So, you know, I don't think we can be too disappointed. Obviously, we've got some tough fixtures now ahead of us. But wouldn't it be just very Crystal Palace to win those next two games and in the Manchester City run, wouldn't it? I thought you were going to say get a result in one of them, not win both of them. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Palace This is Crystal that. Palace, Jim. Anything can happen. I know, that is true. Um, a word for James Tompkins today, Rob, because I thought Tompkins was unbelievable. Again, and he's, he's one of these players that's only really come in because of injury to Sacco and he sort of played his part throughout the season. But the number of sort of tackles he made today getting in, I think he actually made the tackle that won the ball back for Ruben to win the penalty as well. So he, he had a great game. He did. He, he was there in the right place to make blocks, interceptions, timing interceptions, um, some good challenges in the air on the floor. You know, he, he was all over the place at, at, at the back, not in a bad way. You know, <laughs> not in a bad way. Uh, no, he, he he did defend very well today, and uh, I think he it was another assured display for him. You know, he's, he's put in quite a few of those in recent weeks, and it doesn't seem to matter for him who the partner is. At the, you know, at the moment in the back, he was with Sacco for a few games. He's been with Tompkins for the last few now, and with Dan. Sorry, he has to be cut down. It'd be nice well. if we had a few more, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and no, I think he, he, he does deserve credit. You know, he has played well in, in the last few games and uh, he's been you know, key to those clean sheets. I think he's a bit of an unsung hero, to be honest. I think I, I read somewhere online the other day the stats with him in the team with Palace and the win percentage or, or the positive results that we've achieved with him in the team you know, sort of had him out even as a more sort of influential uh, central defender in terms of the results than uh, Sacco, which was quite remarkable. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's sort of testimony to his um, to his ability, and he's done very well. But I think, you know, we've been unlucky with him and Scott Dan and 
uh, Mamadou Sakho, you know, with the amount of injuries they picked up over the last period. So we seem to always be without one or two of them. And, you know, again today, I think that's another point. We're still missing a few bodies and, you know, a few, you know, no Benteke, of course. And the difficulty with that is that you've got to play through the pitch all the time. And I think that made it difficult at times. There was a spell in the first half where we were sort of pinned back for quite a while because... Every time we had to clear our lines, we haven't had that physical presence up front that can hold the ball up and link the game and get us up the pitch and so on. I think that that made it tough because realistically, with with Wilder and Andros Townsend, every time you kick the ball long, they're not going to win it in the air against the central defenders. So it's very difficult to sort of... uh, You've almost got to score the perfect goal with this setup because you've got to play through the other team and then make sure you've got the bodies in the box when it matters, you know? Especially against Alfie Mawson, who I thought had a really good game for Swansea. Like he, he, he genuinely look, does look, look quality. Um, Rob, a word on Loftus-Cheek, because again, he's sort of shoved out wide left, and he has been in the last few games, but he, he won the penalty, and my first question will be, do you think it was a dive? Because there were a few people, there was no appeals in the stadium from anyone, really, in a white shirt, but there was people online saying they thought it might have been a dive on the replay. But again, forced out wide, he still had an influence on this game and, and he continues to sort of grow into that wide role well, firstly on the, the penalty we've only had one look at it in real life because our monitor wasn't working in, on oh, the yeah. box, so, <laughs> uh, in real time I thought it was a penalty I thought Federico Fernandez put his foot there or put his leg there and it, it gave the referee that that decision to make and I think Leon Britton said that afterwards when he was asked in the press conference that you know if, if he hadn't given him that decision then there wouldn't have been a penalty yeah. so I think in yeah first glance at it it was a penalty for me um, as for his uh, all-round performance I thought he did try and get forward as much as he could he tried to have an influence on the game sometimes his decision making could have been better he, he perhaps chose the wrong option a couple of times or either the wrong pass or tried to have a shot when it wasn't on but yeah in general he, he did play well as, as we've seen most of the season from him I'm not sure that out wide is his best position I think he's better off playing more centrally but I think it was almost a case of needs must today without Benteke and, as Adam said, with the system that they were forced to play because it didn't necessarily work today. Um, I think it, it has the potential to work against some of the, the bigger clubs perhaps where it's a bit more unsettling for them and you know it's a bit more chaos. But I think when you're trying to play a structured game against the team in and around you, it, you do want someone as a focal point and they didn't have that in Benteke today. No. Although Sacco, when he came on, uh, did, did okay, I thought, didn't he? When he got yeah, involved, yeah, I, I agree. I think he was a bit of a handful. I was quite impressed with Loftus Cheek today. I thought he sort of, uh, you know, was able to, to keep hold of the ball, and uh, you know, a few players bounced off him here and there when he turned and was purposeful. I understand Rob's point because I think really he is a sort of number ten rampaging sort of uh, attacking midfield player if you want the best of him. But in fairness, Roy's achieved these results working the way that he has so far, and. Uh, you can understand his reluctance to sort of rip that up and perhaps again without that centre forward you'd have had to have put um, you know Sacco in at centre forward to, to make that system work you know in any case today so um, Do you think it was a penalty? I did yes I did I thought it was a clumsy challenge and I've had the benefit of seeing it a couple of times as well I was uh, in the director's lounge at the top they had it on a few times at the end of the game and it looked uh, you know, pretty straightforward to me. I have to say, he sort of caught him as he went inside. He was clumsy, rather than malicious. But uh, penalty, all the same. Right, we're going to wrap Ridge End, which I think feels like a good time to break and go and hear what Roy Hodgson said to reporters after that game at the Liberty Stadium today.
Merry Christmas. He's going to start. Roy, on, on balance, was the draw about fair then? Yeah, I mean, they had more possession, that's for sure, because that's the way Swansea play, and they keep the ball extremely well, they move it across the field well, they're, they're back players are very comfortable with the ball and, and, and move it around well too, but I thought that we controlled that pretty well throughout the game. Uh, we didn't really concede that many goal chances, and at the other end of the field, I thought we looked pretty dangerous, really, with our, with our front players and with Loftus-Cheek in the form that he's, that he's in. So when we took the lead, I was rather hoping we would continue defensively as we've been doing and not concede and could go away with the, the victory. But Swansea scored an excellent goal, uh, a really good piece of football from, from IU, a wonderful strike. And then, of course, the last 10 or 15 minutes became a little bit more end-to-end. -end. There was uh, chances at either end. But I, speaking from our point of view, we've been down there at the bottom rank bottom really for the large part of the season we're picking up points now sometimes only one sometimes lucky enough to get three um, we've got to be satisfied with that we must have started thinking that we're going to put a run of four or five victories together and come away and beat every team that's put in front of us because Swansea have got every right to play in the Premier League and win Premier League matches as we have so I think that from our point of view it's away from home <clears throat> Two different away fixtures on paper, Leicester and, and Swansea. We've taken four points. I think I've got to be more than satisfied with that. And it'll be interesting to hear what Liam thinks about the point from his point of view, whether he's satisfied with it or whether he thinks he'd have, his team were worth all three. Well, I mean, there's eight games unbeaten. I mean, what's the difference in kind of outlook between when you arrived and now? Well, what we're trying to do is chip away at that first seven games and, and zero points. It's, a, it's an enormous handicap to give yourself to play seven matches in this league and take absolutely no points at all and have a, a really big minus goal difference. It's going to take some sort of performance, really, to get ourselves back on anything which looks like an even keel. I think that's what we've done. I think some very good performances from the players in... In the last two or three months, especially the last eight games, we we're unbeaten. I think we've got ourselves back on an even keel. We've brought ourselves up into a pack of teams, all of whom will have to look over their shoulder and be worried that uh, the spectre of relegation is, 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 is not leaving them. So I've got to say, I expected it to take a lot longer for us to get ourselves into some sort of contention with the other teams in the league. I think we've achieved that before schedule, if you like, or before a schedule I could have realistically expected. But we know that there's an awful long way to go and it's going to be a fight for every point, a scrap for every point right to the end of the season. And when I say scrap, I don't necessarily mean a scrap in terms of scrappy football because no one could accuse either of the two teams here today of playing scrappy football. Both teams, both teams when they had the ball, tried to pass it and score goals. One of the former teams down there, right? Those sides you mentioned, does that give you encouragement? The games ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, but it's the league is such that you know every bit as well as I do that, you know, two straight defeats is always just around the corner, and those two straight defeats can so easily become three, four, five. Watford were talking about UEFA football four or five games ago. I think they just lost their fifth game on the bounce and. 
now they're not that far ahead of us. I mean, that's the way football goes. We know that. And I think being a form team interests me less than making certain we can continue to play with the intensity we play with, with the discipline defensively that we had today. We, you know, haven't conceded many goals in the last few games because I believe that we have some very good quality attacking players in our midst and uh, I can trust them to score some goals as the season goes on. We were out Benteke today, for example. It was a, quite a big loss for us in terms of the way we're trying to play. I was just going to say that. Did you miss Benteke? Yeah, well, we we did and we didn't. I thought that Wilf and Andros did a fantastic job, but of course, when when they're playing together, we don't have that physical presence. We don't have that focal point in an attack, which most teams would like. So, um, certainly, if I miss I miss Benteke in good form, that's for sure. Maybe that wouldn't have been the case, and I'd have been just as happy with these two. You never know. But um, we'll be pleased to welcome him back now for these. For these coming games, he served his suspension, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens after that. I suppose Lucas cemented his place as the penalty taker, after that. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we didn't even discuss who was going to take the penalty before the game. I just automatically assumed that he's the one. And had he not been able to take it, then MacArthur would have done so. And that's because that's what we've decided amongst ourselves. Well, I appreciate you put your own priorities, but what you make of Swansea's situation. <laughs> I got no idea what work Leon Britton's done in these few days. I mean, I, I mean, I'm afraid, you know. Obviously, journalists will will always be believers in the magic wand. You know, you you seem always to want to believe that when a manager changes, the next one comes in, waves a magic wand, and all the problems of the past suddenly disappear. Um, it's taken me three and a half to four months to get anywhere near working every day with the team to a team that I would like to identify with in terms of the way we play. And now you're asking me what a wonderful if Leon's done a wonderful job in three or four days, I would think I would think he would dispute that. Um, do I think he's a very, very good football player and potentially a very good manager? Of course he is. But only only he or the players and the club could answer your question. I have no idea. I, I, Swansea played like I expected them to play. I was more talking about the situation he finds himself in. Well, someone half your age and thrown into situations you see the yeah. bottom of the team. Yeah, but I mean, he's a great club servant, and um, I don't know what the club's plans are going forward. I don't know what Leon's plans are going forward. But if you're saying to me, would you be surprised if Liam Britton has a, a major part to play at some stage in the future with this football club as a, a coach or manager? Of course I wouldn't be because uh, you know he's, he's an integral part of what Swansea City has been these last few years. But he, when he does become a manager, he will join quite a long list, won't he? I was looking at the pictures, I was looking at the pictures uh, on the wall the other day. I counted ten since Kenny Jackett, and that's not including caretaker managers. So he, he'll be in. A, in a, in a nice group of people there as well. A good few of them. You've got Arsenal I next. wish him well. You've got Arsenal next, right? Is that a game you can sort of really look forward to given the, the runners we mentioned you're on? <laughs> no. Uh, I certainly don't look forward to playing the teams that are fully expected to beat us by everybody and, and, and a team that is such a good team with so many good players. Uh, 
we're going to find it very difficult to give them a game. We don't we don't beat them very often, neither at home nor away. We'll have to, we'll have to be at the absolute top of our game, which means playing better than we did today. And then we'll have to hope that Arsenal, for some reason, best known themselves, decide to play badly. Then we might have a chance. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast. Not quite at the Liberty Stadium. We're on the way home from Liberty Stadium. Just leaving Bridge End now. Um, Palace through one all with Swansea in their final game before Christmas, leaving them on 18 points going into the Christmas break. Oh, Swansea, yeah. This podcast is sponsored by you're right. Uh, sponsored <laughs> by Miranda Jane Photography. This this door doesn't like Miranda Jane Photography. Can you? Thank you. Miranda Jane Photography for professional unique photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajaneephotography.co.uk. Did I mention that in part one? I feel like I may not have done. Apologies to Miranda. I may put it in again. (laughs) I might just edit it in. With the programme, James. I might just edit it in again. Um, Okay, so that was Roy there talking to reporters after the game. And he seemed, Rob, fairly happy with that I mean as, you know you know, we know what Roy's like we know he was always going to sort of almost sit on the fence and, 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 and never go heavy on either side but he said you've got to respect points away from home as Adam said earlier and I guess if you're oh my word we're breaking this train if you're Roy Hodgson given the run goes to eight games you're fairly you're fairly happy there I think so I think you're content with a point I think you, you probably may look back and say yes we could have got all three should have got all three but in the end of the day you take a point I think he's right, four points from two games away at Leicester and Swansea, if someone had offered that beforehand, he'd have taken it. I think perhaps people would have expected it maybe the other way around, but I think last week's result made this, not a free hit, but it took the pressure off for this game. You know, If they'd lost last week at Leicester, I think this would have been almost a must-win. Yeah. Um, whereas, because they got those three points, anything they got here was a little bit of a bonus. You know, they they didn't want to lose the game it probably became a must not lose rather than a must win Um, and I think they'll take the point because it maintains that gap between Swansea and them keeps them out of the bottom three at the moment going into Christmas and we know they've got some hard games coming up Yeah, and and Roy did say as well with with those hard games coming up that in a way they had to get a point from from this today because they're going to go into those games uh, Arsenal Man City favourites to lose but we know with Palace they can always get things but it keeps that confidence high maintaining this run doesn't it and getting a precious point today I think that's what, eight unbeaten now is it and we've got uh, what two defeats in 11 or 12 or something like that, something like that yeah, yeah I was going to say and to be honest the two defeats Tottenham away Newcastle away we didn't really deserve to lose those and I've got credit Roy you know obviously a lot of people doubted him before he came in but he obviously knows his job and knows what he's about. You can see that. He's got us very well organised. And we've got a talented group of players, as I said to you last week. And I think when you've got a group of excellent players and a, you know, a good tactician that makes sure that you're fit and organised and know what you're about, I think you're halfway there. And I think that's been proven again thus far with his, uh, with his work, Roy. And, you know, I have to say... You know, a lot of people wrote us off after that sort of early stretch. I wasn't one of them because I knew that we were better than we were showing. And, uh, you know, that's certainly come around now. And I, I, I think you're going into these next games, OK, they're difficult games, but I'm not frightened. You know, they're not impossible because you know on our day, Zaha, Benteke, Townsend, Loftus-Cheek, we've got the... We've got the players that can win us a game and at the other end you've got your central defenders playing well and your goalkeeper makes saves when you need him to. So 
I really think it's you know far from an impossible task. So. Roy did say at the end of his broadcast section there, Adam, that um, he was a little bit surprised. Well, not a little surprised, but he didn't think that the turnaround would sort of happen as quickly as this. He, he said there was sort of a head ahead in, in his project and his plan that he had when he came in. Are, are, you, are you surprised it happened? We got these points a bit quicker than, than he thought. No, I'm quite a sort of optimist by nature, you know. I learned early in life and somebody said to me, it doesn't matter if you're an optimist or a pessimist, if an optimist life's much more fun. So uh, I've, tended <laughs> like to, uh, I've tended to follow that mantra for quite some time, 40-odd years later. But uh, no, I, I actually think he's done an excellent job, but he is an excellent coach and he knows, he knows what he's about. And you, you can see, regardless of the results, and yes, there have been some better performances and some that haven't been so great, Actually, in the ones that haven't been so great, Stoke Watford, we've ended up getting the points. And there have been a few that perhaps, you know, we've West Ham, Everton, um, Bournemouth at home, where we should have probably had an extra couple of points. So I think we were two points out there if you mix those five games together. And then I would say to you, from the Newcastle and Tottenham games, we should have had a point. So we're, I think we're four points light of where we actually deserve to be. But the, the encouraging thing is, slightly up or slightly down there is this real level of consistency and a sort of predictability almost that you know what you're going to get from us sort of week to week which you know when you've got that solid foundation and you've got the flair and the quality we've got that that's why I'm confident we're going to do okay and I really you know I said to you last week you know you can't be unprofessional and sort of say oh we're we're going great and we're not going to be relegated because we're not we're not far above the, the line of course but you know, I really think we should be looking up with the quality we've got and, you know, where we are and the run we're on. You know, I only see, a, you know, a good second half of the season, to be honest. Oh, mate, we're going to get you back on the pod more often. I'm loving this positivity. But he's right, that consistency. Palace never look cut adrift in games. They never look like they're definitely going to concede. Like They're definitely more of an, and Roy uses this phrase, even keel, aren't they, than they have been, obviously, at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. They are harder to beat and that's I think they're a reflection of Roy and you know his mantra and the way that the coaching staff work they they get teams organised you know we've seen that in the past with Fulham West Brom they make them hard to beat when they're in a difficult situation that's what Palace have become you know the last the last few games I think the results yes I agree with Adam that a couple of times they've won in games when they didn't deserve to but then they've also lost games that they didn't deserve to so I think you take the rough with the smooth don't you when you're in that sort of position you you you're not always going to get what you deserve in football. We know that. That's you know proven over time. And I think probably where they are now is probably about right, to be honest. Um, it was a disastrous start. There's no hiding from that. They've improved, and you know they keep improving. And I think we will see that in the second half of the season. You know we're at the halfway point now. They got 18 points. They're perhaps a couple shy of what they need. You know if you if you're looking at survival being 40 points then at halfway you'd want to be at 20 well they're too short of that but I don't mean that's disastrous given where they were after seven games you could have easily seen them being 10 points shy of that come come this sort of time of the year so I think this season as well 40 will easily see you safe I think a lower a lower one will, will keep you safe as well definitely it's so congested down that bottom half of the table I mean one or two wins you know and you could be up the top, up the top end of it well, we'd have been 13 for the win today exactly and it's not beyond the rounds possibility that Palace can get something off the, the bigger teams. You know, they're, they're playing with a confidence, with a, an aura about them that they can get results. And they've got that bit of star quality with Wilfred Zaha. 
Christian Benteke when he's fit and, and available obviously after suspension today I think they did miss him today against Swansea but I think he's got the ability he's got a goal up behind him now at Leicester hopefully that will be good for his confidence and we've seen it before he can go and run scoring spree you know he, and I wouldn't wouldn't bet against him doing the same Good stuff well this feels very Christmassy and positive doesn't it Adam? Yeah I'm probably uh, a very positive person by nature but I have to say to you I think I'm also quite realistic and I'm not positive without good reason. I have to say to you, at the start of the season, after I saw the last Schalke friendly, I told uh, a few of my uh, friends in the hierarchy that I didn't see things working out and I was actually very concerned. I didn't think Frank de Boer had Benteke, Wilf, Townsend, you know, your sort of offensive, talented players doing what they were good at you know Townsend we want you to cross the ball Benteke we want you to get on the end of those crosses Wilf we want you higher up the pitch on the front foot where you can go past people and I think to be fair Roy's sort of looked at that and he's you know a team that's hard to beat and defensively sound that has flair and ability to win matches will win matches you know we're not leaking lots of goals we're barely we're hard to beat we're hard to play against and we've got that real cutting edge so you know, that's a recipe for success. And I think, you know, I really don't see, and again, people can call me crazy and positive, outside of the top six, you know, out of the next cluster of clubs, I think that's where we should be. You know, I think that's where we should be at the moment. You know, I think we're good enough. Take away the bad start. I don't know what the sort of um, points total would be like if you average that up. Very and good. The other, and the other, you know, the other points that you lost at the start, you know, you'd say we'd be in good shape. And I think that's really where we are and as I said last week you know everything's a bit of a wedding or funeral with these guys and they're very radical at times with their views but actually Roy and what he's doing on the field and that sort of even kill and consistency you're talking about is actually the opposite of that and you kind of know week to week what's going to happen now and that you feel confident I feel confident going into any game there's no team that we can't beat in this league when everyone's at it on their day and you know let's hope we're going to have a few more of those days and uh, you know, surprise a few people in the coming weeks. Oh, I love that. That's great. I think that's a great moment to end this pod on. Uh, and it just leaves us to say Merry Christmas to all our listeners or, or Happy Hanukkah, whatever you do at this time of year, whatever you celebrate. Have a wonderful festive time. Rob, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me again. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. And Thelsley, thanks for coming on. Uh, my pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and everybody listening. And uh, hope Santa Claus brings us nine points between now and the second of... Uh, January will be happy with that. I love that. Brilliant stuff. Better okay. than aftershave. <laughs> Amazing. Although I'll, I'll take socks and pants as well. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great Christmas. Um, we'll be with you again after the Arsenal game for another extra pod. Mate, will we be talking about another win over the Gunners like in April? Let's hope so. Thank you very much for listening. All the best over this Christmas time and goodbye. Podcast Network.